I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, folks. Um, So uh, I made a big boo-boo. And uh, basically, I accidentally deleted the entire video file for this week's episode. So uh, if you're wondering why this week's episode is not on YouTube, it is because I am an idiot. Uh, However, we still have the audio. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. We had more fun than we have had in a long time. And uh, sorry about the mess up. I'll do better. show it to you. We were talking about Dr. Tenpenny's testimony about magnetic vaccine crystals. So this is what I found out. So I have a key and a bobby pin here. Explain to me why the key sticks to me. It sticks to my neck, too. And your tongue, I bet, and your butthole. (laughs) Yeah, so if somebody can explain this, that would be great. (laughs) Don't watch it fall off. (laughs) Oh my god. Any Dude, look at that guy in the background. The guy in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> so guys, look, I got I got the Pfizer vaccine. Um, and I got it uh, I'm like literally 15 days out from getting it and um and uh, it fucked me up. Like and if you want to see how badly it fucked me up, go oh to god. YouTube. And uh, check out uh, the podcast on YouTube because you can see every key I own has plastered its way onto my face. <laughs> Dude, this woman is she is the she is the epitome of of twenty twenty internet. Oh God, internet misinformation yeah. because because not only she the 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 audacity to get up and say that in front of an audience. No, but but to proceed the whole thing with you know what I learned over lunch. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah, yeah. you know what I took you know what I took three minutes of my life to think about and guys, then say on a microphone to an audience. Guys, what are the odds she is a, a QAnon supporter? I would say uh, probably dude. ten strong, ten out of ten. That's, you know what's dude, you know what's funny though is, dude, is keys aren't. I know where she key, was on January sixth. Yeah. Guys, the funny thing is that keys aren't even <laughs> magnetic. Like if you take a magnet, yeah. and stick it to keys. Oh they really, don't Brian? Stick to the a really <laughs> magnet. Uh, any questions? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Oh my god. Would a Habs key would a Habs key stick to your face though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it would be really interesting if you actually took a magnet and tried that. Because guess what? It wouldn't fucking work. It still work. wouldn't work, you <laughs> dumb fucking muppet. Anyway, uh so that lady uh stood in front of like I don't know what that was, like Congress or something. That video's been doing the rounds. It's been quite uh quite viral but uh apparently she and not just her it's been all over tiktok there's another tiktok video that was uh, sent to us i think Brian, you sent it in slack hell yeah and uh, yeah. it was a lady I complaining mean, about about that shit look guys people listen maybe there's something to it because like look at my face right now <laughs> I mean, maybe i mean maybe the amount of things i mean i i would say that i learn at least three or four things every day over lunch yeah. that i'd be willing to share at a congressional hearing yeah, yeah i hear that um anyway don't, don't want to give uh, that fucking nincompoop any more any more attention so uh uh let's move right along actually we'll move right along into something that blew our Frickin' minds. Um, in, in not too long ago, uh, maybe it was last week, I think, 
the three of us had the absolute pleasure of hosting an event for our friends over at Capo, um, which is a, an annual uh, psycho, psychosocial oncology event that takes place. It's, it's an international event. People from all over the world, physicians, oncologists uh, from all over the world gather to talk about the latest and greatest when it comes to treatments and, and uh, therapies, specifically surrounding the psychosocial oncology, the psychosocial element to oncology. So psychosocial uh, health is, is, you know, it's, it's the, the mental sure health, the, the mental health side of things, right? Um, you've got the, uh, the, the, you know what, whatever it, you, you fucking get it. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, you, I mean, you get yeah, it. We know yeah, that you yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's the most important part. So anyway, you get it and we know that. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, uh, we love the folks at Capo and, and as a part of this event, we put together a little trivia game for them. And, um, one of the trivia questions that we had, actually, Lo, I'll ask you the trivia question. If you know the answer, because I think you do, but if you do, just pretend you don't, okay? Just for, uh, and we'll cut this out. <laughs> um, uh, Lo, do you know who, how, how old was the oldest person in the world to beat COVID? Ooh, uh, what it, it's over 100, right? Well, that is a very... Strong guess and also seem seems to be a little high uh, for most people if they were going to guess that way, but over uh, it, it, it is it is way over 100. The oldest person 200. Yes. Yeah. Older. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest person 300. Even older. And, and 82. 382. The oldest person in 301. The oldest person in the world to beat COVID. Right. Um was the world's second oldest person. Her name was Sister Andre. She's a nun out of France. She was born in 1904, which makes her currently 117. She beat COVID just in time for her 117th birthday. And not only did she self-isolate during her time uh, with COVID, she also didn't experience hardly any symptoms. It was a, it was a pretty easy go for her. But look how fucking old this lady is. I'm, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna project here, but uh, okay, yeah, I am for a second. Um, I'm a I'm a pretty pretty competitive person. Tay, I, I feel like you'd probably identify a little bit with this too. But I was thinking, okay, if you were the second oldest person on the planet. Would you hope that the oldest person <laughs> died so that you would get the title of being oldest person on the planet? That's the only reason I would continue to live. And the second part of that question is, <laughs> if you were the oldest person and the second oldest person got COVID and survived, would you then want to get COVID and survive so that you could be the new oldest person to no. survive COVID. No, 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 no. because it's like it's the it, the first the first and foremost and the and the most prestigious uh, accolade is the oldest person. But you've so already you got push that. that bar. Yeah. You've already got. Yeah, that no, but you want to but you want to push it. You're like you're winning world records but, every day. But if you get COVID and die as the oldest person, then you don't really. I mean, you just die, so you're no long. Like you don't. You don't. You're not around to unless, feel shit. Unless about not you're the oldest person ever, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. yeah. Because <laughs> then you can keep going. When I when I was a kid and I and I went beep test, <laughs> dude. Once I was the last person. Oh, it didn't matter. Which I always, which so I always was the last. You're person. still going. Yeah, you're but still going. I went. I went. I went until people. I went in the beep test till people all fell asleep. Here's the in thing. The gym. Here's the thing about all that. Here's the thing about all that. I'm gonna get real for a second here. Um, I think you're thinking about this from the mental viepoint <laughs> of someone who's young, like here, the psychosocial. Yeah, yeah. From the psych psychosocial psychosocial element of of being a youngster. Here's the thing. I think once you hit the age of, let's just say, a hundred. You don't give a fuck about anything. You don't fucking care. You're just done with living. You're like, I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't have any. Unless more you've friends. got God, I don't have any more. Well, well, this woman has God. Uh, you can just I look mean, at her clearly. praying. Like she's just, probably I mean, that's oh, yeah. God. I think that's I think that's God in the background. In the frame. I mean, then you're probably looking forward to what happens <laughs> next, right? That's her in the background at the age of <laughs> that's her at the ripe age of 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 uh, ninety nine. Jer, what year was she born? <laughs> yeah. She was born. So here's the fucking crazy thing. This woman, she was born in 1904. She's been through the the fucking the 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 Spanish flu. 
She's been through both world wars. This woman was alive and, and talking and having memories before the Model T, which was the first car, the first automobile in production was ever made. That's a resilient motherfucker. That is a resilient fucking lady. Sister, yeah. sister I wonder how Andre. she feels maybe about that's Teslas. Why, <laughs> Dude, yeah. I wonder how she feels. Well, maybe that's why she became a nun. She was like, oh God, if I survive this pandemic, this Spanish flu pandemic, <laughs> I will serve you forever if I never have to fucking do this again. <laughs> and then COVID happened. And now she's left the church. Here's my question. Do you guys remember? <laughs> and she's pissed. Do you, do you guys remember now? How she works in the red light district <laughs> of Amsterdam. Well, <laughs> That's a perfect segue for what I'm about to ask. Do you think that this woman here, now, obviously, she has lost many people in her life. And let's just say she had a hubby before, Everybody? before, she, got, uh, before she committed to the clergy. Do you guys remember when we, when we um, covered the, the urn vibrator? Do you, think, do you think this is the type of woman that would no. put her ex-lover in the vibrator <laughs> of the urn vibrator. I think those nuns. I think that's against the rules, dude. <clears throat> I think, man, I think that's, mm. I think that is the loophole, right? Like you're not allowed. That could be. You're, if you're, if that you're not, be no longer the accepting the D. Bri, you're on it. You're probably using yeah. the glass dildo. That's right. Filled with your, your guys. Uh, you, that maybe guys, that is hashes. fucking foul. Do you know how much, dude, that is a sin. <laughs> Or it's a holy relic in there. Like, you know how they have all the dried blood of Christ and the ashes oh of Christ? She's, just, she's, just, she's using she just, straight up she Christ. She crumples up the sacrament and puts it in the vibrator. Oh, God. The oh, body God. of Christ. Guys, guys, we're going ham on this old woman. <laughs> oh, till kingdom come. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, God. I feel like I need a bath of holy water. Uh, moving right along. Uh, do you know what? Well, you know what her secret is to staying, staying alive so long? Tell us now. I feel like I, there's, the body, it's impossible the body of Christ. for me to be surprised uh, aside, at this point. Aside from the body of Christ up in her, uh, the uh, <laughs> apparently the trick to staying alive this long is epic amounts of garlic salt. Check this out. <laughs> oh, my God. Mama. Mama. That's insane. You're insane. <laughs> That's what keeps me alive. Dude, I love how old people, like people who who get to be super fucking old, they they have they they like they they claim to have like this super simple secret sauce. That's it. Like Kyla's yeah. grandfather, yeah. who's ninety, who's ninety six. Kyla, is he ninety six? Ninety seven? And he's turning ninety seven. Like Dude, any that is now. old, man. He's he he's like, hey. Don't drink as don't drink very much water and don't wear sunscreen. And that's like how, that's his how crazy that's his no. like secret his like his like secret how sauce. How crazy is this thought, right? Ninety seven. Sister Andre is twenty years older than that fucking dude. That's wild. Yeah, that's insane. Twenty yeah. years. Yeah, that's, that's, she, oh my that's god. Wild. She's Kyle, a cougar Kyle, to him. What do you, yeah, Kyle, how do yeah. you feel about your grandfather living another twenty years? We're talking about a woman here who's who who lived who's she's 117 now. She's the oldest person to get COVID. Can you imagine your grandfather 20 years? You from know now? what though? Oh my god. It's uh it reminds me of uh I heard uh, Aubrey de Grey, one of those like uh what are they called? Yeah. The guys who like do the longevity um, long, like a like yeah. a longevity guy yeah he he An was a just scientist i can't remember i heard him i heard him on a podcast like four or five years ago now and and he said this thing that that i was gonna say stuck with me but i evidently it didn't really stick with me that much because i was gonna say he said the first person who who's gonna live to be like 160 has already been born today um so and, yeah, and Sister Andre. That's that actually means fuck all yeah. because I can't remember yeah. what the she was actually was, born. But. She was actually born a hundred years ago. He could have made that statement any time in the last hundred years, yeah. and he would have been. He no, would have been right. I mean, well, yeah, I guess if she lives to be one hundred and sixty, yeah. but but yeah, it's wild to think though that people are going to be living that long, especially because like the average life expectancy, um, like a hundred years ago was was like sixty. And now yeah. it's like oh, now it's almost 80. She has yeah. beaten the odds, it's uh, fair to say. Speaking of, speaking of beating the odds, uh, so this is very interesting. Last week, we talked about how uh, Washington State in the United States of America uh, is giving out free joints. And there were other places in America that were uh, that were 
putting together lotteries for people to get their vaccine. And and I had put out the question, are, are there places in Canada that are doing something similar? So our friend Andrew uh, on Instagram DM'd us and uh, sent us an article. Um, there's actually a similar lottery happening in Manitoba. Manitoba is a province here in the lovely country of Canada. Uh, all Manitobans aged, this is crazy, aged 12 years of age and older. Whoa. Uh, who have received at least one dose on or before August 2nd will be eligible for the first draw. And all Manitobans aged 12 and older who have received two doses on or before September 6th will be eligible for the second. Man, that feels illegal for some reason. Like, <laughs> like you're, it's, I guess it's, it's a lottery, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not, feels weird you're not buying a, a ticket. Well, there, right. so there, there's there's different there's different lottery draws, and here's how it breaks down: three one hundred thousand dollar prizes in the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, excluding Churchill. So I don't know why Churchill is just like not a part of that. Um, a one hundred dollar prize in each of the remaining regional health authorities, which include Prairie Mountain Health, Southern Health, uh, Saint Sud. Uh, the Interlake Eastern Regional Health Authority and the Northern Regional Health Authority, including Churchill. Okay, so Churchill's in on that one. <laughs> and then 10 draws, 10, 10 draws of $25,000 for scholarships for people aged 12 to 17. So the 12 to 17 group is, okay. is put in for the scholarships. But um, each lottery will be held once the province enters all of the eligible immunizations of the, as of the vaccine deadline into its database. And the Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries will be responsible for conducting the lotteries with a third-party auditor providing additional oversight. But here's the thing. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say that the that for now I don't know Manitoba's specific situation with COVID and like what their vaccines rate vaccine rates are. I don't think I sent you guys this this morning, but there was a, an article from it's either CBC or Global. And it was that uh, Canada is Canada is now the world's the world leader in 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 vaccination right. rate by population, that's right. and that's because of that's because of Canada's strategy to um, prolong the the uh, the time dose. between first and second dose. <laughs> yeah, so right. like you know we're 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 doing like at least like twelve week minimums between first and second dose because you're you're just protected from your first dose for like up to sixteen weeks or something like that. So it's allowed Canada to administer first doses to more people rather than rather than first and second doses to fewer people right. mm -hmm. and so we have t we it's like 65 percent of, of canada is vaccinated now with at least one dose this is wild and i heard 69 so like, these programs today. are hey, these, yeah, <clears throat> so these programs are put in place oh, oh, all over the place to incentivize primarily they're put in place to incentivize uh uh, populations to get vaccinated when there's vaccine slowdown, like when there's right, a yep, slowdown right. in the in the uptake of the vaccine, and I don't think we really have that. And that and Lauren, you made a good point in in Slack this morning about like some of the controversy that is kind of behind this Manitoba lottery thing about the nurses. What was that all about? Yeah. So, well, a Andrew actually made mm -hmm. that point. I was just relaying what he said, but um, there there's seems to be a crisis in, in nursing in Manitoba right. in terms of funding and, and supporting nurses. So that was the thing. Andrew said, uh, hey, was just listening to Feel Good Friday, and you guys were asking about places in Canada that have a lottery or incentive for the people ta that, to take the vaccinations. Well, in Winnipeg, <laughs> Manitoba, the government has a $2 million in initiative lottery to incentivize people to take the vaccine. However, there... Uh, this has caused a relative uproar because the nurses are not being paid enough mm. and are currently on a rotating strike. So a lot of people are asking how the government has the money for a lottery, but not enough to support nurses during these times, which is a really good fucking it's a really point. good point. Yeah. And it's, it's especially if there's no slowdown in the uptake of the vaccine, because mm -hmm. then it's like, well, there's not really an issue. Well, you don't need to incentivize people to get it. People seem to be incentivized yeah. enough that I mean, that's interesting because I actually heard uh, I was listening to the the Nova Scotia um, COVID regular press conference on uh, Friday of last week, just after we recorded that episode, and somebody asked about the Manitoba incentive program and asked, uh, "Where's Dr. our Strang money? And, Where's our and, fucking uh, money?" Premier Rankin, like where, like if there was going to be something like that here, and they just like straight up said, 
at this point, there's absolutely no reason to do that because we have more people mm -hmm. that want to get vaccinated right now than vaccines that we can administer. So why, yeah. why the fuck would yeah. we run a lottery? Because we have, we just, we have, a, we have, because we have a, we just happen to have a population that is by and large smarter than other populations. <laughs> no offense, everybody, but you know what? You got a bunch of people out well, there who don't want to get the vaccine or being incentivized by a fucking lottery or getting joints. No offense. <laughs> fuck you, dude. I like it actually does. Wow. It actually does wow. straight up piss me or off. Maybe like, we're really just a bunch of sheep, dude. Ever think me. of that? We're yeah. just a bunch of fucking sheep. Well, I will say about Manitoba, though, like uh, from what I had heard recently, Manitoba's seen a huge spike in COVID. So I think that might be why it might there not be uh, like a slowdown mm. per se in vaccine uptake, but they're getting frigged up. They're getting like they just, frigged they just up need to speed, hey, like They just hey, need to speed it up. And that's why I did preface that with, I don't know Manitoba's But I do want to say, what I want to say to Manitoba to is if you're fucking listening, Manitoba, Pay your nurses more fucking money. Yeah, man. Come on. I mean, pay not just the nurses, but fucking the Every, just pay everybody more money. Yeah, well, I You're mean, fucking yeah. Join our Patreon. The butcher, the baker, in the Manitoba. candlestick maker. Pay them all more. Yeah, yeah. or you know, and and grocery store clerks. You yeah. know, like the people that are actually working the front line that have that have worked so hard to keep things fucking sane and keep things working and keep things functional. You know, it's like it's not. It, look, it is the nurses. Don't get me wrong. But it's not just them. It, there's a there's a massive swath of the population, especially. I mean that that was one of the things that really whatever you communist. That was one of the things that really <laughs> stood out to me um, when all this came when all this like came to light was that look there's there's a lot of people that keep this this that keep our society functioning, and and a lot of, oh, and, yeah. and a lot of these jobs are are not jobs. They most certainly are not jobs that we would have considered to be <coughs> essential before the before COVID, right? Like, and and you know, gro grocery store clerks, uh, people who work at grocery stores, like that's I think that's a really great example of like people who are doing really important work, but also putting themselves in a lot of danger, showing up to work every day, bagging fucking groceries mm -hmm. when when there's a goddamn global pandemic going on, you know. So just saying, also, guys, like the cost of living has gone up so fucking much in the last yeah. like 10, 15 years that like, you know, Dude, spoiler alert, 10, like 35,000 <clears throat> to 40,000 to $50,000 a year now as a salary, like is not enough fucking money for people to live off of. Like it, mm -hmm. we just need, people just need to get paid more money across yeah. the board. Yeah. Hey, universal basic yeah, income. Man. Yeah. It's, it could be an option. Yeah. Just saying. Or just fucking pay people more. Yeah, or just do that. Um, uh, listen, uh, I, I don't know, if folks, if you're at home, if you didn't catch it, this past uh, Wednesday, we, on our uh, routine checkup episode, uh, which have been just a, an absolute delight uh, over the last you know number of weeks that we've been doing, I think we're up, up to like 12 or 13 of those episodes. It's been really great. But uh, this past Wednesday, we spoke with uh, Dr. Jen Gunter, who is an OBGYN. And um, we were talking about menopause and we were talking about women's health. Um, but one of the things that that struck me as quite fascinating was the discussion surrounding how <clears throat> um, the research and development that's going into healthcare, whether that be medications or treatments, has been there's been like a, a sort of misogynistic <clears throat> Um, lens that has been plaguing that side of research for quite a long time. And one of the things that she had mentioned in that conversation was how uh, um, when it comes to like the, the animals that are being used for these testing, so like rats, for example, um, uh, they rarely will, will focus on uh, how these drugs that they're testing work on female rats and, and more so focus on the male rats um, for the reason being that female rats are too um, hormonal too, too yeah yeah too Shrill. yeah too emotional uh, too, <laughs> moody. too moody Shrill. too fucking uh, too hysterical to actually like you know take 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 it seriously but actually it's their hormones uh, but yeah but 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 I mean that's that's basically it so so uh, this was an which she did say was for a good re which was she said it was for a good reason to start with males because there are less variables in the hormones mm -hmm. but then all those trials should then move on yes. to female yeah. Uh, rats afterwards, once they establish that it works in males, yeah. they should then move on to seeing what the effects are in females and see how 
it reacts with the very yeah. more variable hormones. So this was a uh, this was an article that came out of the Guardian. Um, uh, male rats reign supreme. That wasn't the name of it. That was just what I titled it uh, in the notes here. But uh, basically, it's a good it's a good title. It goes on to say the male rat mind is rational and orderly, while the female one is complicated and hormonal. <laughs> Wait, did it actually? Did you yeah. write the intro? Dude, no, 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 no. no. This, Dude, this, that's just verbatim from some <laughs> fucking human study from 1948. Well, this is so. Uh, that That is a stereotype that has skewed decades of neuroscience research towards using almost exclusively male mice and other laboratory animals, according to a new study. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going here, but there's something very interesting that comes up about Canada and the U.S. versus the U.K. when it comes to using male rats as the test subjects versus female rats. Scientists have typically justified excluding female rats, uh, sorry, female animals from experiments, even when studying conditions that are more likely to affect women on the basis that fluctuating hormones would render the results uninterpretable. However, according to Rebecca Shansky, a neuroscientist at Northwestern University in Boston, it is entirely unjustified by scientific evidence which shows that, if anything, the hormones and behavior of male rodents are less stable than those of females. I take offense. Huh. Um, Shanksky is calling for stricter requirements to include animals of both sexes in research, saying the failure to do so has led to the development of drugs that work less well in women. And again, this was something that we were talking to Dr. Gunter about um, and which, you know, we, we found quite fascinating. Uh, she was quoted saying, Shanksky was quoted saying, people like to think they're being objective and uninfluenced by stereotypes, but there are some unconscious biases that have been applied to how we think about using female animals as research subjects that should be looked into, looked at by scientists, she said. The male bias is seen across all fields of preclinical research. But one of the starkest areas of neuroscience in which male animals outnumber females by nearly six to one. That's pretty staggering. Uh, and considering the brain through a male lens has had public health implications, according to Shanksky's article published in the journal Science. In one recent example, the sleeping drug Ambien, which has been tested in male animals and then male in, men in clinical trials, was later shown to be far more potent in women because it was Rose metabolized him. more slowly in the female body. Across uh. all drugs, women tended to suffer more adverse side effects and overdoses. Whoa. How fucking crazy is that? That's crazy. Major depression and post-traumatic stress disorder are twice as prevalent in women, but tests designed to mimic their symptoms in rodents are typically developed and validated in males. Shanksky's work shows male and female rodents can behave differently in such experiments, which could provide new insight into these conditions. Recent research has challenged the reasoning behind using almost exclusively male animals, with one analysis of nearly 300 neuroscience studies revealing that data collected from female mice was not more variable than that from males. In fact, for some measures, the reverse was true, which actually goes kind of counter mm -hmm. to what Dr. Gunter was saying in terms of um, there's a good reason for why they're using male mice and, and, and mm -hmm. not female mice and, and why, why the, you know, the female mice should be added later. Sometimes that's, that's actually not the fucking case. Mm -hmm. Like it, the it's, it's, it, it's the reverse. Mm -hmm. um, this is, this, it's really interesting. Um, I'm just thinking about like like this is one peer reviewed study. Is this like the start of them looking into this to see because like this was something that was like widely accepted that that um male mice had less variability in in results because they were seen as more like stable test subjects but so, like it's seeming by so, this study that that's not the case. So no, I think this is something that's actually been looked at uh for quite a while. Um, the, the article goes on to say, and this is where we, we get into this interesting thing between the US, Canada and the UK. Female rodents have a four to five day reproductive cycle during which estrogen and uh, progesterone increase roughly fourfold. However, male mice housed together establish a dominance hierarchy 
in which the circulating testosterone levels in the dominant males are on average five times as high as the subordinates. Whoa, really? Yeah. Um, (laughs) This evidence has led the U.S. National Institutes of Health and the Canadian Institutes of Health Research to introduce mandates all the way back in 2016 to include both sexes in research. However, and because this is a UK article, major UK founders such as the Wellcome Trust and the Medical Research Council have yet to introduce any similar requirements. Quote, now that the US and Canada have made these mandates, it's time for Europe to step it up, said Shanksky. So, you know, this to your to your point there, Bri, like it's this is something that's been looked at for quite a while, I think. And, yeah, that's and, wild. I, I mean, the the study, but like the Ambien is yeah, that's fucking crazy. Fucking like, if, like if yeah. women metabolize it differently, like that, like the consequences are fucking can be dire in mm-hmm. in those cases, right? Like, oh that's, my god. Plus, Ambien is a is a pretty fu- a can, can be a pretty medication. fucked up experience. You know, just on a regular, yeah. like on a regular usage. Yeah, and and to that point that you brought up, Tay, about what um, what Gun- Doctor Gunter was saying about using males first and then moving into females, uh, Shanksky does not agree with that. Uh, she's also concerned about the approach taken by some research teams in the U.S., which incorporate both sexes in experiments by working things out in males first and then repeating it in females. She was quoted saying. It perpetuates the dated sexist and scientifically inaccurate idea that male brains are a standard from which female brains deviate, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, that's, it's a really good fucking point. It's like, why, 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 again, when we're talking about a population that is half the population of the planet is male, half the population of the planet is female. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, to, to look at the male brain and go, this is more stable. This is, this is like what we should use as the standard. I, I do think is kind of bullshit. But sorry, is this, is the person who's writing this article, is she, a, is she, is she, is she a journalist or is she a scientist? I'm not Shanksky clear. is a scientist. Yeah. So, so Shanksky didn't okay. write the, the article, but she wrote the journal. She, she wrote the scientific okay. study journal behind Cause, it. Cause, cause Dr. Gunter's and obviously like, I, all I'm doing is regurgitating what what somebody who's way smarter than me said right. versus and and seeing and trying to play play it against what this person's saying because it sounded like like Jen was saying um, that at least the established the established way which like it can very well be fucking you know not the, you know not the way it's just the way it's been done not the way it should be done this is the way um, was that was that the 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 thinking in the scientific community when it comes to tri- uh, drug trials and where they use males, males first was that if, if the drug, if the drug isn't effective in, in a less variable <clears throat> hormonal environment, then the odds of it being, then the odds of it being factual effective in a more hormonally variable yeah. environment was like, was very low. So, yeah. so, so from like a, I guess from like a cost effectiveness standpoint they're like well we're going to do it here first where there's less yeah. where there's less variables and see how that works and then i under i totally understand so i think i totally i i get that that that, that could be totally yeah. just fucking hoo-ha and, yeah and, and i think and, that's and i think that's where her stance is coming from she she was also quoted saying there's a concern that research that shows sex differences in the brain will be weaponized by misogynists or used to justify and promote inequality, she said. Mm. It's up to scientists to make sure yeah. that the message of those studies is not conveyed in a comparative way that adds any value. It doesn't have to be a competition. Trust, it already is. Which, yeah. which it is, yeah. It doesn't have to be a competition, yeah. she said. It's not about being better. It's just about saying how this, how this, how things work. But the, the other thing, I mean, just to go back to, like, to kind of compare both ideas against one another, like if you could only do one study and you're going to use 50 rats, there's no reason why you wouldn't use 25 female and 25 male, because you could still look at how it affects the males in terms of that being, even if you're saying that, you know, there's less variables in terms of like the hormonal changes that they go through. And at the same time, study the effects of the, whatever drug it is on the female rat as well. I think you're being. I would. I, th- I, I would. Think, Brian, I would I think, agree I think with that's you. The most misogynistic thing that's ever come out of your fucking mouth. And I think you need I, to. I, would, I, need, I think you need to take a second. Wait, why? <laughs> I would probably agree with you, but at the same at the same time, 
that that is like a little bit of a statement that I would that I would go like, although although like as you say it, I'm like, that makes total sense. I'm also withholding the whole like I also know nothing. I have about no this. fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. and, I, and I've never know? been a part of a clinical trial and like yeah. setting up the parameters for a clinical trial. Hey, so like, but when this I hear is a that, show where we give go, our uneducated yeah. opinions about things. So <laughs> this right. is mine. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, Lauren, I think <laughs> I, I think it would be it would be worth our while to reach out to Dr. Shanksky and see if we can get her on the show. Yeah. Uh, because it, it would be very like I think this is one of those things that. And again, folks, if you haven't been listening um, to our 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 more recent episodes of the of the uh, routine checkups, um, it's it's one of those things where it there's been quite a number of times where we've we've had a conversation on those episodes specifically that have really influenced what we decide to kind of tackle and look into in future episodes. So. Um, this is a, this is a perfect example of that, that this is something that came up in a conversation. You know, we didn't touch on it for long. It was very brief. And, uh, and then of course, with a little bit more digging, we find yeah. something that's, that's quite fucking interesting. So, um, I, I want to we learning up in here. We, we learning, we learning big time. Um, so some, you know, just something interesting to, to some interesting fodder to, to think about. And, 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 you know, I know that I, I've, I know a couple of people that are in that realm of medical research. This is their job to work with these types of animals. And then if you're out there listening to this, um, you know, take this, take this into, into work in the next, next couple of months and, and see what the conversations are like at your work. And, and then in turn, reach out to us and let us know what the conversations are, are like, you know, send us a, send us a message letters at sickpoypodcast.com Cause we'd love to hear your thoughts. In particular, Hannah, send us a message, you know, you know mm. about all the rats and stuff. And Louise, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Uh, do you guys want to move on to, uh, this week's segment of what the hell? Oh yeah, baby. Oh, wow. Dude, daddy <laughs> you, turned it up to you 12. You turned it up to 12. That's a 12 out of 10 right there. Thank you. Uh, guys, Setting look, the bar higher and higher. Just saying, Jared. Uh, this week's what the health. We, we aren't going to mm. be talking about how these keys are still somehow stuck to my fucking the, face. I'm actually impressed. Dude, we already, we know how. <laughs> Magnets, we bro. Magnets, how. yeah. Magnets. Dude, fucking yeah. magnets. How do they, how do work? they work? How do they work? Um, yeah. This Insane Clown Posse, what up? This is a story that I actually heard a number of years ago on, I think the first time I heard about it was on the podcast. Um, uh, uh, it was in my, my mouth. It's my favorite podcast, and I can't remember the name of it for some reason right now. Last podcast on the Last left. Last podcast on the left. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it, it's a story that, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't, we don't typically do this, but I am going to put a, a little bit of a trigger warning at the top of this one. This, this is, this story is fucking graphic. It's really intense. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm probably not going to get into the, like I, I, the super, super graphic elements of it. Um, because I think it could be told more graphic than, than, than I'm about to tell it. But this is the story of the most radiant. The, the most radioactive man on the planet. I just want to let you know that if you're watching this on YouTube right now, oh man, down below there are different timestamps and you can skip through to different sections. We'll make sure that we outline where the super graphic stuff is so that you can either, you know, skip ahead and yeah. just stare at it if you're fucked up like that, or, you know, yeah, like me, skip right over it. So, uh, the, the gentleman in question here, his name is, uh, Hisashi, uh, Ouchi. Now, when it, 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 if you were to pronounce this, uh, be, be, I, I heard it pronounced Ouchi, 
but it definitely reads Hisachi Ouchi, <laughs> which uh, I, I hope that's not how you actually pronounce it because it, uh, he has a big ouchie. So many ouchies. Uh, big, big ouchie coming your way. Uh, Hisachi Ouchi. Um, Hisachi Ouchi was a 35-year-old technician who worked at a nuclear facility. Chernobyl? Owned, uh, not, not quite. Uh, this is, this <laughs> is coming straight out of Japan. Uh, who worked at a nuclear facility owned by the Japanese nuclear fuel conversion company known as Tokai Mura. Tokai Mura. And he would go on to become the most radioactive man ever recorded to date. The level of radiation Ouchi was exposed was said to be almost the same as that at the blast center of the 1945 nuclear bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Whoa. What? It was also reported to be at about 17,000 times the maximum annual permissible exposure in Japan. 17 times thou- 17,000 times more than what is like permissible. Don't, okay. don't you just die right away like that? <laughs> Man, this is... You know that if you fly, if you're a frequent flyer, like... I'm not a, I wouldn't, I'm not, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. classify myself as like a super frequent flyer, like somebody like, like somebody like, uh, like Lonus or somebody who, who used to be, you know, on the road 200 days a year, like 250 days a year. But, but like, you know, I probably take like upwards of 30 flights a year. Yeah, that's a lot. In, in, a, in a regular, you know, like, like, like 30 separate flights, like 30 separate flights, like up and down, you know, connections and all that shit. Um, you, oh, I uh, thought you meant like 30, fl- like 30 flights. Or you're transferring the pl- like from one plane to another mid sky. Sorry, I'm glad you clarified <laughs> that. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. I knew that that would be confusing, so I knew I just had to clarify there. Um, but you get you anybody who does that is is exposed to more radiation than they're supposed right. to be exposed yeah, to every you're year. You're closer to the sun. We're, we're we're exposed to radiation every single day, and there's lots of things yeah. that expose us to radiation. And people who work at nuclear power plants and things like that, there's a there's a certain amount of radiation that they are, um, I guess, allowed to be exposed to for their health. Um, and there's a maximum amount that they're allowed. And this guy was was exposed on this one day to 17,000 times higher than that amount in one sitting. What in was one, he in one doing? Second. Well, let's get into that. So before I do, I want to give you a little bit of background into how nuclear power plants work. So a bit of like backstory so this, this kind of makes sense as to what he was doing. So nuclear power stations rely on fission, a process that involves splitting large, heavy uranium atoms. In particular, we're talking about something called U-235. So they split these, this U-235 into smaller atoms. When they split, the atoms release large amounts of energy, which is captured as heat, used to power boilers and steam turbines to generate electricity, okay? Large amounts of fuel are then loaded into a nuclear reactor as the fission reaction is allowed to get underway. So uh, where he worked at the, the JCO, we'll call it JCO, JCO's role was to provide uranium fuel. So they were making the fuel that these, uh, that these reactors needed to operate. I've seen the show. Do you guys know the secret life of Alex Mack? Secret world of Alex Mack? No, no I'm not oh, familiar man. with that. It was a show in like 1994, 95. Uh, it was on YTV here in Canada. Oh, and I think I do What happened this. is a truck tipped over and spilt nuclear, like, like radioactive material. Oh, and he became her. an animal. It was her. And, uh, and, and she turned in, she had the ability to turn into the same yes. thing. That uh, in Terminator T two, the guy that could uh, what's his name turned into like the yeah. like the but liquid like the melting titanium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, that was what yeah. she could do. So I'm guessing same thing. This guy's this is the secret yeah. world of that sounds um, like ouchie. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. Um, so so the JOC they make the fuel um, because ordinary uranium does not have enough uranium two three five the U two three five which is a very particular isotope that splits easily under the right conditions. So they take the uranium and they turn it into this U-235 in order to be the fuel. I just want to say, if you're listening to this podcast and you know the secret world of Alex Mack, 
Fucking send me a message. Send us a message because drop it uh, in the comments. That's a deep cut. Okay. Uh, drop it in the comments, guys. So the the company uh, and others like it take more. Uh, more they take more of this U two three five. They enrich it. Raising sorry, they take uranium. They enrich it, raising the level of U two three five to between what's what is uh, referred to as two and four percent of the total fuel weight, this is rich enough to make the power stations work and drive the, tur- the turbines. Okay, so all of that other way. On September 30th, 1999, so this was not, the, I mean, this was in our time. This was not that long ago. In an attempt to speed up the last few stages of fuel conversion uh, to meet the shipping oh, no. requirements that JCO fatili- f- facility needed to make, Technicians uh, Hisashi Ouchi and Masato Shinohara and Yutaka Yakokawa, thank you, mix the chemicals in stainless steel buckets. So they're, 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 it was actually, it was actually just uh, Ouchi and Shinohara that are physically taking this shit and pouring it into these giant vats. That sounds dangerous. Yep. Um, yeah, you need a you need a robot for that. The workers <laughs> followed JCO operating manual guidance in this process, but were unaware that it was not approved by the STA, which is some sort of regulating body. Under standard STA operating procedure, uh, uranyl nitrate should be stored inside a buffer tank and gradually pumped into the perception tank. So, what was it, Jerry? Uh, <laughs> Say it again. Ura- uranyl. <laughs> Urinal, urinal nitrate, <laughs> urinal nitrate. Your anal nitrate should be stored inside buffer tanks. It should be for sure. And gradu- should be. <laughs> and gradually pumped into the tank. And at- gradu- gradually pumped at the nearest I'm, window. I'm never, I'm never going to get through this. Uh, so <laughs> your anal should get pumped. <laughs> so, so it's supposed to be pumped through at 2.5 kilogram increments, right? But these guys were just, just hand fucking bombing it into this into this fat with the workers manually transferring the solution they had no way of measuring how much solution had been transferred in uh, and at they had no way of telling how much had been transferred and at around 10 35 a.m the tank reached critical mass when its fill level uh containing about 16 kilograms so it's 35 pounds of uranium reached critically in the tall and narrow buffer tank. So, so he's filling it. They reached, they reached the mass, like you can't fill it. Shouldn't be filling it anymore. They went way over that. It's like putting a Mentos in a Coke bottle. Yeah, it's actually like oh. kind of like that. Or like the gas fight in Zoolander. But I mean, that's yes. something different, I guess. Another, another deep <laughs> cut. Uh, the hazardous level was reached after the technicians added a seventh bucket containing aqueous uranyl nitrate Enriched to 18.8% U23 to the tank. So, you know, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking psychosocial. It's yeah, psychosocial. psychosocial. <laughs> um, so, so long story short, they put way too much of this fucking bad, bad juice in the tank. Yeah, less bad juice. Uh, the, the workers bypassed the buffer tanks entirely. Uh, opting to pour the uranyl nitrate directly into the per- perception tank, uh, precipitation tank rather, uncontrolled nuclear fission began immediately. So, so oh, all no. of a sudden, they're now they're now producing nuclear fission in this fucking small testing room. The resulting nuclear fission chain became self-sustaining, emitting intense gamma and neutron radiation in the nuclear facility. At the time of the event. Hisashi Ouchi had his body over the tank while Shinohara stood on a platform to assist. So I I looked at photos of what, like a a recreation of what it was. You got this guy up on a ladder and this is Shinohara. He's, Shinohara is up on the stepladder sort of helping and um, Hisashi is like pushing his chest up against the, the vat and he's the one that's like pushing up and over. He's like pouring. His chest is against this metal vat. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, oh, the, I'm imagining fuck. it like when you're brewing beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, you're, like, yeah. When, you're, like when we were brewing up Good Robot right. and we're like trying to fucking dump everything in. So the other guy, uh, Yoko, Yoko Kawa, he was like, he was four or five meters away sitting at a desk kind of like overseeing. Uh, all three technicians then observed after after uh, Hisashi was like pouring it over, over, they all observed a blue flame, which is believed to be Cherenkov radiation, which I don't know what that is. Um, I can, you know what, let me bring it up here really quick. Cherenkov radiation comes from the root uh, uh, chair from Chernobyl. And it's bad. I mean, it basically is. It, it's electromagnetic radiation emitted when charged particles pass through dialectic medium at a speed greater than the phase velocity. So, duh, you know, <laughs> it's a. <laughs> it sounds. I mean, so it sounds everybody like, knows what the fucking I, phase you know, velocity I mean, if, is. If I was, if I didn't come at me, if bro. I didn't know any better, which I don't, I would just, I would just call it a. It sounds like a nuclear reactor meltdown. That's like if, if <laughs> yeah, I had to yeah, guess what that is, I would guess it's it sounds like, like Homer this. Simpson. I mean, it, it's sort of it's not a meltdown, but it but it, it's it's the next worst thing in this in this uh, situation. So this happens. They see the blue flame, and immediately they are fucked. Uh, Hisachi uh, yeah. uh, was transported to a hospital, f- suffering massive radiation exposure. So both uh, Ouchi and Shinohara immediately experienced pain. Nausea and difficulty breathing. Ouchi received the largest radiation exposure, resulting in problems with mobility, coherence, and loss of consciousness. Upon the point of critical mass, large amounts of high-level gamma radiation set off alarms in the entire building, triggering a whole evacuation. So everybody had to get the fuck out of that place, obviously. Mm-hmm. So here we go. This is where things get really dark. Hisachi Ouchi was transported and treated at the University of Tokyo Hospital. Ochi suffered serious radiation burns to his entire body, experiencing severe damage to his internal organs. When doctors did a micrograph of his bone marrow, they discovered that his chromosomes were destroyed and he had near zero white blood cell count. That's bad. Without a functioning immune system, Ouchi was vulnerable to hospital-borne pathogens and was placed in a special radiation ward to limit the risk of contracting infection. Now, here's the thing. I'm gonna, what I'm about to read to you... How can you... Wait, can you survive? <sighs> no. Uh, 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 the quick thing here is no. But what I'm about to read to you is one account of how this all went down. There is a very wide believed secondary account of what actually happened here. And we're going to get into the, you could say conspiracy theory, but I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. There's a lot of people believe that there's an, another segment here, but I'll, I'll tell you what, what was reported. Okay. You mean, you mean uh, like, like Chernobyl, like there's one, we know the truth. And then there was what was reported. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So doctors attempt to treat him with novel cancer treatment. Uh, Peripheral blood stem cell transplant. He's initially experienced in, he initially experienced increased white blood cell counts temporarily, but succumbed to his other inj- injuries shortly thereafter. Uh, the leukocytes being produced by transplanted tissue were found to have mutated by the residual radi- radiation present in his body. Leukocytes. Leukocytes, thank you. The leukocytes being produced. Um, had mutated by the radiation, triggering auto- autoimmune responses that fast-tracked his rapidly deteriorating, deteriorating condition. So they're, they're putting shit in him, and it and it's going. There's this is you're putting me in a fucking vat of radiation, and and they're just going pop 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 pop, and they're popping off and fucking losing all control. Other interventions were conducted in an attempt to stop the further decline of Ouchi's severely damaged body, including repeated use of cultured skin grafts and pharmacological intervention with painkillers, broad-spectrum antibiotics, and granulocyte colony-stimulating factor. Louise, help. Uh, (laughs) Though each of these attempts at intervention failed. Here's the part that's very... Here's the part that is uh, very much not believed by a lot. At the request of his family... Doctors repeatedly revived Ouchi when his heart stopped. 
even as it became clear the damage of his body had sustained through radiations was untreatable. Despite their efforts, his condition deteriorated into multiple organ failures resulting from extensive radiation damage exacerbated by the repeated incidents where Ouchi's heart stopped. So this happened on September, uh, September 30th. He died on December 21st. <clears throat> no. So here's the, cons- no. here's the conspiracy. That's like over 80 days. Whoa. Oh, they could keep him alive for that long. Here's the Dude, other thing. He didn't want to be alive. His homie, no. his homie that he was with no. didn't survive this long. <clears throat> his homie died long before this. The other guy in the room didn't yeah. die. The guy that was like meters away didn't die. Is um, he okay? Uh, no, he's not okay. Yeah, I um, think so. so here's the conspiracy theory. And this is, this is like the triggering part. While the doctors claim that Ochi's family was a source of support to the medical team, quite a few believe that he had been used as a test subject for unapproved medical treatment plans. This guy was wheeled into a hospital. He is easily considered the most radiated human that any human has ever seen or heard of. People think that the medical team saw this guy and were like, this is an opportunity for us to learn. This is an opportunity for us to see what this kind of radiation does to a body. Let's keep him alive as long as we possibly can. No. According to Kazu... That's not, that's not that far-fetched. According to Kazuhiko Makawa, a professor at the University of Tokyo Hospital, the kind of treatment given to Aouchi uh, was completely new to him. In his words, quote, it was the first time I experienced such a case in my 30 plus years as a doctor. <clears throat> Almost every day we came across situations that were not covered in medical textbooks and there were tough moments in continuing treatment without any sign of a way out. Ouchi was resuscitated three times despite begging for his suffering to end. While at the University of Tokyo Hospital, he underwent the world's first transfusion of per- uh, peripheral stem cells. According to reports, before losing consciousness, uh, Ouchi managed to say, quote, I can't take it anymore. I'm not a guinea pig. But doctors kept treating to keep him alive, even though they knew full well there was no fucking way this guy was going to live. On November, tw- on November 27th, uh, Hisashi, his homeboy, uh, his heart failed for 70 minutes, but the medical team treating him kept him alive with blood transfusions and various drugs to keep his blood pressure and pulse stable. Sorry, no, that, sorry, this is Ouchi. My bad. Um, that, 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 everything I just said was Ouchi. Finally, on December 21st, his heart failed, and the doctors did not resuscitate him because his family wanted him to have a peaceful death, which I most certainly do not think he had that. After enduring uh, 83 days of pain and agony, the doctors allowed Ouchi to die. Following his death, physicians were criticized for their treatment of him. It was believed that he was kept alive so that the efforts of radiation poisoning when a human body could be observed, the quality of his life seemed to matter less to them. I have, oh, a, I have a photo here of Ouchi in the hospital. Uh, I've watched Chernobyl. This is horrific. This is going to be bad. This is more horrific is than I think you could ever imagine. And actually, I think what we're going to do here, because this is so fucked up, um, I think we're going we're gonna to blur this out. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say this. This sounds fucked. This is fucked. But we're going to blur this out. But if you do want to see it, uh, uh, it is going... I'm, I'm definitely going to put post this on our... No, no. I'm going to post it to our Discord, <laughs> our Discord over on uh, Patreon in the graphic content uh, channel, which is one of the, the channels that we have. So if you're a sick fuck and you really want to see this, you can easily Google it or you can become a patron for five bucks. Pay us money and see something that will ruin your day. Support the podcast. All right, so here we go. Uh, This is a photo of Ouchi in the hospital. Here we go. Holy fuck me. Oh, my God. Oh, my sweet. Dude, that is nightmare fuel. Yeah. That's skeletal. Yeah. Wow. Kai, you want to see something? I think that's the most graphic thing I've ever seen. I'm going to take it off screen. I'm going to take it off screen. screen. Leave it. Leave it. Show show, show Kai after. Show Kai. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Show her after. Um, (sighs) That was worse than I thought it was. That was bad, eh? That was bad. That was like, uh, that was the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. 
So, uh, so folks, uh, go to patreon.com slash sick boy, uh, become a patron and, uh, you can join our discord and we can ruin your day. Uh, guys, that's really hardcore. I find it really, I find it really hard to believe, um, that like that there would be a team of medical professionals that would be in agreement that they would want to study the effects of radiation in a person when it's like this torturous. Yeah, I, I don't. I find it. I not even a little bit. I find it hard to believe because I feel like it would be so hard. Like, who wouldn't know that this guy is in that hospital? Yeah, exposed to this these yeah. amounts of radiation. All these medical professionals around that understand what that means, and you know, I put a lot of faith in the medical community that people get into it for the right reasons and want to help people. And I've never met and, a doctor. I've never met a doctor and, that I trusted, and and so I I find it hard to believe that they they would be able to like coordinate. Like I'm not saying that there's not there's not people who would you know be more curious curious than empathetic and want to study that. But like a group of people that agree on that. And look, like, yes, guys, I know that fucking Nazi Germany and Hitler was a thing. I understand that shit like crazy shit like that can happen at scale. But the good like the the goodness in my heart makes me yeah. feel like it's Man, hard people for just shit like uh, that to happen. People just compartment like Maybe you, I'm you, just naive. <clears throat> people who can who can compartmentalize um like in an extraordinary way can can do that because because they can go, and again, we're completely speculating, like who knows if that's fucking true or not. I don't think it's very far-fetched. And I am a broad, pretty broad conspiracy theory skeptic. Like I don't drink the Kool-Aid very easily. And, uh, and, and Jared, well, daddy does though. And I, I should and, say that uh, I don't think it's unbelievable. Like I, it's not that I couldn't but, believe that that happened. No, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it, it but it, it's, if you can compartmentalize really well, like you can, you can, you can separate the two things. Like you can yeah. go, Hey, there's like, there's part of this, which is like this, this is a human and they are suffering in ways that are completely unimaginable. Mm. And like his, every second of his, Life is torture yeah. until until he dies. And then on the other side of things, which could be just at could possibly be complete be just as, or they think it's just as moral, is that we have an opportunity to study and treat and do things that has never been done and will maybe never be able to be done again, so that we can treat radiation, yeah. future radiation, uh people who are exposed to radiation in more effective ways. But because that's, but what that's about the just Hippocratic oath, man. That's well, that is, the Hippocratic oath is to keep him alive. Really? It is. No, it's, it's to do no harm, but right? also consent. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I mean, you know, according to some people, he was begging to be let go. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, I, I understand. I mean, it's fucked up. Saying, it's fucked up whichever yeah. way, you, whichever way, you, yeah. whichever way. You can. Like, Look, like I mean, study radiation, long term effects in, yeah. in uh, male rats. Male, female, no, no, no. Females. No, 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 no. Females. Now, come on. Save the females for the good stuff. Let, let's we don't need to subject those poor female rats. Let's to, just do a 50 50 study. Take 50 rats. Give is that 25 male rats? Is that not inclusive radiation. for me to say that I that I'd rather it just be the male rats? I feel like now I'm not a feminist. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I know that was really heavy, and um, I was really heavy, and uh, so I want to give everyone a little bit of eye bleach, a little bit of ear bleach. <gasps> Fuck yes, and uh, mm. we'll we'll set this weekend up right because this is, after all, Feel Good Friday. And Feel Good Friday is meant to make you feel good. And I promise next week's What the Hell will be uh, a little less heavy. So uh, set yourselves up, folks, for uh, some some self-care, some self-care Saturdays coming up tomorrow, self-care Sunday the next day, and uh, be a little bit more like this little fucker. Hells, what are you doing? I don't know. (laughs) Are you relaxing? Relaxing? Yeah, having a little self-care. Self-care. <laughs> self-caring. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, I love when I'm self-caring. <laughs> oh fuck. You know, they say the they say the Buddha is the Buddha when they're born. Yeah. Yeah. Uh folks, thank you all so much for tuning in this week. We love all of you, whether you're tuning in uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the CBC <laughs> Listen app, or if you're uh, if you're watching the fun that we are having on these Feel Good Friday episodes over on YouTube, um, and feel free to leave a comment below. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube. It really would mean the world to us. And uh, if you're on any of those other audio platforms, hit follow, uh, subscribe, whatever that button is, and uh, leave a rating or a review if it's possible. Hey, you want to see some good original content? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Head on over to our TikTok. That's it. We got TikToks. <laughs> and got, hey, this isn't a joke. It makes me so it's not a joke. happy. It's not a joke. Not a joke. We are. We have a legit TikTok. We're doing it. We are. We are doing it. We are. We are. We're being funny. We are. We're right. trying. Right. So, Guys, I think we're making some. I think we're putting out some pretty fire content. We're trying our hardest. <laughs> pretty, pretty fire. And you know what? We're trying to build that uh, that followership. So go over there and follow it. Build, build become part of our followership. That's right. <laughs> um, and hey, listen. Before we uh, let you know how you can reach out, Lo, why don't you uh, le- read this sweet letter from Anna that came our way uh, this week? For sure. So this came to us through our Instagram DMs from our friend uh, Anna. I almost said Hannah. I'm sorry, Anna. Hi there. I wanted to write because I love what you guys do. I was diagnosed with a pulmonary disease 20 years ago and have been on and off treatment for lung infections for the last 13, had lung surgery, etc. Fucking balls. I've lived most of my life trying to, I've lived most of my life trying to shut it away and pretend I wasn't sick. Now I'm 40, and I realize all the impacts of having a chronic disease has had on myself and my family. I also struggle with the fact that it's essentially an invisible disease to most people, except my family who sees my day-to-day. I find it frustrating to try and live a life that is normal, because I appear normal and healthy, but behind the scenes, it is such a struggle mentally and physically every single day. Thanks for your help and for the work that you do. Mm. You're not alone, Anna, and we love you. Anna, and we uh, see you. We hope that us be. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, we see hearts, you. We hearts, hearts, yeah. yeah. love. You got this, Anna. And, and you know what? Guys, I mean, if you were born in 1904, you could send us a letter to sickboy, uh, letters at sickboypodcast.com and use a fucking email. Or mail or, it to us with a, like, write it or, with a fax or if you're with a, a fucking carrier Or bird. if you're a... F- or if you're a fucking Zoomer, you could send it to our DMs, you know? Okay? Just fucking Zoom on over to those DMs. Fucking slip and slippity slide right in there. Hey, we need to right? hear from do some it more that Gen way. Do it Z that folks. way. I mean, we're okay? getting on the TikTok so that we're cool and hip with it, you know? But if you're still trying to, no if you're still trying to argue the merits of the Model T, then you can send a letter to letters at sickboypodcast.com. <laughs> We're pimp chimping. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and uh, fill out the guest form and maybe we'll have you in the hot seat. Yo, hey, we just want to give a big thank you to everybody who makes this show happen. A huge thank you to, uh, oh, fuck, I tried to point that way. This way. Uh, (laughs) Lauren uh, Sankey. There you go. You got it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Tiller McGillivray and Jeremy Saunders. What's up? I love you guys. I'm Brian Stever. A huge thank you to Jeff Lonis, our manager. To Donovan, the Meerkat, CPAP Morgan for the amazing sound design on the shows. Not this one. That's Jer that does this. And to Rich O'Coin for the theme music. We love you. We love you all. And uh, have a good day. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.